Hello, and welcome to Blurry Photos. I am David Flora. And I have remained David Stecco. And we're coming to you today with uh, all kinds of goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Unlike our last. With, with a crunchy outside <laughs> shell and a gooey center of mystery. <laughs> oh, man. And advanced civilization. You know, uh, uh, we actually, uh, a few weeks ago, got into a great discussion about Curiosity, the Mars rover. Uh, and we ended up taking it out because, as you may have noticed, uh, we got a little long in the tooth back then. Yeah. But it was a really cool discussion, and it's it's space, and maybe it's not necessarily unexplained, although there are plenty of mysteries of Mars that we will uh, address in the future. Sure. And I wanted to include our discussion of the Curiosity rover, so yeah. we're, this is a little extra nugget for you. It's, little... it's human achievement, so, yeah. so why not? Yeah. Uh, and... So here it is. This is, this is recorded a, a, a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, not not current anymore. But yeah, but it's still it. fun. <laughs> I guess that happened, right? I guess uh, Curiosity landed on Mars. Oh, it landed like a motherfucker. So that that uh, that that's some awesome awesome sauce for the the human race to stew in. Yeah, and uh, this is my favorite part of it is that it was such a triumph of technical engineering and foresight and planning and. At the moment that that Curiosity had taken three photos, there was already a conspiracy about something in one of the photos. Like, like really? right from the get go. I mean, this thing had just landed. I haven't heard of this. What? Which? What? What's the conspiracy? Well, in um, in one of the photos, there was something on the horizon, uh, a shape, and and then in a subsequent photo, it was gone, and people oh. were very upset about it. It turns out, of all the magnificent luck on Earth. It was actually the impact plume. It was all the the dirt flying into the air from the um, the yeah, hovering the portion that, that, that the, yeah the portion that lowered it down flew off and then crashed. And this photo happened to be happened to be taken while all this debris was still flying up into the air from it. I mean, people want something to happen. People, oh right, people want some shit to go down. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say that I'm not one of them, but. Still, it's like give it, give it a, a minute, give it some yeah. time, you know. But it, and you know what? And, and shit will go down. Yeah. Amazing things are going to be found. Will any of them bite you or pick up the rover and throw it around? No. But they are no less exciting for the fact that uh, you know microbiology or or you know evidence of old life or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like those are going to be great things. They are just as exciting, and they do not require the plot of a JJ. Abrams movie. <laughs> I don't know, man. I it's like people got really excited, I think, because they telecast the uh Houston control just going nuts. You oh, know? yeah. So cause, cause that's that's the part that was so dramatic and everything, because everybody's like, Is it gonna work? Is it gonna work? And then it worked and everybody just crapped in their pants and everything. And people love that, you know, and, and they're like, Oh, this is awesome, yeah, go go the world, you know. But now they're going to forget about it and they're not they're not going to give a, a crap and and the, the space program is going to go continue down its its journey to hill and <laughs> and I, I it's just like if they do find anything interesting and cool up there they're going to cover it up or not tell anybody or or they're going to spin it some way it's like well water was was found here but it's probably offshoot from a comet that flew by millions of years ago which is where all of our water comes from too you know it's i mean it's it's going to be mundane but still mind blowing cuz it's on freaking mars people it's, it's awesome it's anything that happens there is cool 
the most boring thing on Earth is cool if it happens on Mars. That's a fact. <laughs> it's a fact. Oh, man, find it on the Internet. Um, there's... I, I, I want... Uh, something to go to one of these gaseous planets and and see what happens there but i know that's so far you know away cuz you can't really it's so far away technologically speaking and distance wise that it's oh yeah ugh. i mean that what voyager is just now breaching the the edge of the solar system and that was yeah. that was put out there a while ago yeah late 70s early i'm still 80s? i'm still surprised that it's that they're able to receive signals from it and maybe that's my uh, pessimism of the human race. You're right. Like, wow, we we designed something that could and do that, and something it's, that cool. It's still working, huh? That's still doing its thing. But maybe. I don't. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know how much signal or data we get back from those. I think we just kind of launch them and then. If it's if it yeah. ticks, then right. As long as it's in one know. piece, we're considering those a success. You know. <laughs> They're bouncing something off of it to make sure it hasn't exploded. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's 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 legit. I mean, we still have a uh, I think opportunity is still screaming around on Mars. Oh, that's right. And that thing was supposed to die like years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, one of them one of them got stuck and is done, but the other one is still large and in charge. Oh, was that uh the rover failure? I think it was opportunity and failure, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's 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 awesome what what we have put up there and I do wish Instead of bickering about, you know, what chicken sandwiches you should eat and all this bullshit that, that they're making you think is important, we should be doing things like this all the time and figuring out how to get out of here, yeah. you know, for when it hits the fan. Because clearly we're not going to stop this planet up. So the best thing we can do as a species is find another planet. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, that's, that's how a J.J. Abrams show gets started. All right. Well, see, that's how we do it. By the way, we've we've cursed a lot more in this show than we have yeah, so far. Sorry, I guess we're getting real comfy with you. <laughs> Thunder sound. Oh, that'll, that'll make up for it. So nice. You got kind of an electro feel in there. A little <laughs> bit of a. I, I, not, I noticed how, how how you changed that and made it different. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I sure did. <laughs> that was awesome. Post-production pimping. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, let's uh, let's go in and jump into what we were going to talk about today. Because yeah. I can't think of the, the interesting thing that I, I was going to talk about for me this week. Because I guess nothing happened. Um, we, we're going to uh, dive into the old Hollow Earth That's right. theory this week. Um, Stecco, do you want to take us through what, what the heck a, a Hollow Earth is? I would love to. Uh, Hollow Earth is, is something that is, is actually as uh, folklore, and I guess, I mean, I don't know, is it is it considered like a, a, a spiritual or a religious belief in some it, It's areas? been tapped in every area. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there is, there is some reference somewhere in, in, in so many different cultures to the fact that the Earth is hollow, uh, which is the next best thing to the Earth being flat, I guess. Um, <laughs> we just can't, we can't deal with a solid planet. It's got to be <laughs> flat or hollow. Uh, but the the hollow earth, primarily a Buddhist belief that there are that there are these these uh, these holes where you can access uh, the interior of the earth, where which is also populated by by uh, by other races and, uh, and animals and, and plants, and it's supposed to be a Garden of Eden, a pristine yeah. place that is is a phenomenal place to hang out, and there are access points all over the earth to it. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, in uh, under the um, 
the large uh, monasteries in Tibet. I think there was supposed to be one under the pyramids at Giza. Yeah. One, uh, one in my home state, Kentucky. You get one? We get one. Um, I've been there, actually. Uh, Mammoth Caves is oh nice uh, a, a, a national well it's, it's a national park but it's just a series of, of huge caves and caverns and it's completely not totally mapped they they've mapped you know a lot of it but uh, from what they say uh there's so much that they haven't been able to either get to or devote the, the manpower to 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 mapping so there's still a lot to that, and I don't know if that's, on the one hand, because it's so large, it leads to Hollow Earth, or because uh, nobody's mapped it, it, it leads to Hollow Earth, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, people, I mean, spelunking is a tough thing, and I think it's hard to get insurance to cover people who do that, I mean, because maybe that's part of it, maybe it's just Could too be. risky to, to, to get in there. But there's supposed to be access points all over the Earth. The two large ones, one at the North Pole, one at the South Pole. Just just holes. Just, just giant holes. holes that you can literally, and uh, if you are Rear Admiral Bird, uh, <laughs> theoretically have flown an aircraft into. You can just walk into these things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, and, probably swim or, or boat into. Yeah. You, and any conceivable conveyance has apparently been taken by someone or another in the last hundred years yeah. into these, these giant holes. Um, that are the the primary access points, but there are, like you said, these these caves all over the earth, mm-hmm. uh, usually marked by large uh, pyramids or, or old ruins, mm-hmm. because this these holes were where people from the middle of the earth came out to give instruction uh, and teachings and decrees um, to the people on the surface of the earth because they were trying to help the people in the center of the earth were more advanced. They were yeah. always sort of a benevolent. Uh, if albeit more, somewhat absentee rulers, <laughs> more intelligent, more physically dominating, mm-hmm. all, all they they just they have it all, and they want to they want to help us out sometimes. Yeah. yeah, not all the time. It's it's kind of that theory that not the god, but you know, God sets the 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 world spinning and then intervenes when he needs to, kind of thing. Right. Um, that's that's kind of what these these dudes do. Yeah, and it's uh I mean it's 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 fascinating because it just in the research I've done, it it's amazing how this idea of a hollow earth and whatever is in there, whatever this land is that is uh completely viable for people to live in is co-opted by any religious view, whatever uh, there's there's a Christian takes on it that this is where the the lost tribes of Israel are to be found, right. this is where right. the garden of Eden was. Uh I mean there's so many different approaches to it that this is one of those um uh, I don't know, you know, like interpret it how you how you like that makes you most comfortable kind of concepts. It's one of those stories that everyone, to one degree or another, incorporates into their religious views. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if they're if they're so inclined, and if they're not, they ignore it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it it is uh, it is really interesting though how many mythologies mm-hmm. in, involve this, how many tales and folklore um, talk about either creatures. That live under the surface or inside the earth, not not just you know in caves, but actually in a place that's that's inside the earth, just kind of inverted. And uh, like you said, religions take take this and say, well, it's one of two things, you know, it's a heaven or hell. Who who knows, you know? And and depending on the religion, they have different views of whether it's heaven, whether it's hell. Although 
in, in my opinion, it could be that some religions call it hell to dissuade people from actively seeking it. You know what I mean? Oh, I see. I, that's that's kind of like the the paranoid theory that I came up with. Some some of these places are like, nope, this is hell. This is the gateway to hell. You cannot go down here unless you want to deal with Satan himself. He's waiting there with a pitchfork for you. He's gonna pinch your bottom <laughs> with sin, and um, that's that's why they they don't want people going down here because it's so much better and everything. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and they they want to well, new world order control everybody, Illuminati, all that good stuff. Just huge ball of wax yeah it is amazing how this one uh this one area of of interest of just just the concept of a hollow earth is and not even just religiously any any brand of occultist or conspiracy theorist pulls this into this you get you get into the the new world order the shadow government yeah um, the the reptilians, yeah. uh, aliens. You get and extraterrestrials. Grays, yeah. yeah, the greys get in on this hollow earth action because it's this mystical cookie jar. You can hide anything in. Right. And you know right. what? You know it's um, you know even some of the maps that we've seen. You know where people try to depict how how exactly this works. I mean the map says oh well here's the ancient city of Shambhala. Right. Here is the, uh, uh, the 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 spaceship base from the other galaxy. Yeah, I mean, this right, is where they dock. And, right. Yeah. yeah. Here's where the ancient Mesopotamians still have their stronghold. I mean, it's <laughs> it is it's phenomenal how and and they all you know peacefully coexist in this crazy mixed up grab bag of of all the world's uh, occultist and conspiracy theories. It's magnificent. It, it, and that's the funny thing because the the most. I found about it was that yes, it is this kind of like you said, Garden of Eden. It's it's this utopian place where everybody exists in peace and love and happiness. There's no money. They they do a sort of barter, but there's there's such abundance of everything that you don't really need anything. You know what I mean? Right. There's yeah. There's no need for an economy in that there is enough of everything yeah. all the time. I mean, these social commie pinko bastards are... <laughs> <laughs> Healthcare? Don't even need it. Don't even need it. You don't get sick. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Which, but, you know, it, it, like you said, it's so weird. There's everything is converging here and getting along. Right. Yeah. The yeah the, the Shambhalans are not at all distressed to see greys running around. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, there's a, a, a mutually agreed upon no probing policy. Who knows? Or or maybe everyone maybe there's an agreed upon probe all you want policy. Maybe that's the key to happiness. <laughs> yeah, that's how you we achieve have, it. We have mm. so much to learn. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to teach us, and we would not listen. No, just that's why they kept saying, "Just let it happen." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, and that was the worst part for me. <laughs> I would like to to take us down the the path of the mythology of a lot of these these places um really really sort of quickly it's not going to be too quick but because <laughs> there's a lot Spoilers. of <laughs> there are a lot of uh, folklore tales and things from a lot of different cultures but I'll, I'll try to touch on on them really quickly so in uh greece right you get hades tied mm-hmm. into to the idea of going subterranean you know and there's there's a lot of happening going on down there, and a physical path, which is also kind of path, kind yeah. of a, a, a unique among these things. That there is a you can literally put on a pair of good shoes and walk to hell, right? And they did. They had heroes. They they were heroes that did mm-hmm. it. You know, not just any old douchebaggery that that could go down in there. Heroes did it. Went down there and, and were able to come back. 
some most of the time with sad tales to to tell <laughs> but uh yeah that's so so hades is is likened to this we've got hell for christianity as mm-hmm. as we mentioned uh sheol for judaism and the uh the norse actually they think that the they referred to to the inner earth kind of as their svartalfheimer which is oh you know you don't, don't explain that you know, never, you know, it's your smart off high You all learned about that, right? It's it's a nursery rhyme. Yeah, didn't you go to to Nordic Svalbard school? <laughs> but it is. It's what they would call it, kind of like their their world of the the black elves, the dark elves, kind of. Or it can refer to I think it's called uh, Nidavellir, which is the the dwarven world. So so that's where you get dwarves and stuff. It's probably where you know all the D and D and all that stuff comes out with their dwarves. Yeah. They dug too deep. Yeah, we're, we're, this is a horse race to see who says Mordor first, I, and I just won it. Uh, I could have just said Mordor. I could have just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I win <laughs> one to nothing. So, uh, so the, that's what the Norse have. There's uh, talk in the Vedic texts uh, and mm-hmm. Tibetan Buddhism. Both mention Shambhala, which they mention it, um, I think, separately, which is really interesting. They they have stories of caverns which were they were occupied or they they led to fantastic places, basically. This is and Shambhala being one of the the places that it led to. Yeah, uh, the Ramayana. I mean, and right. as, as well as the Bhagavad Gita. I mean, the Ramayana is like again, it's one of those like treasure troves for Ep- epic of Indian literature. Yeah, yeah, if you want, you want to see, you want to talk about ancient spaceships. That's what you want. That that's gonna that's gonna serve it up to you, and you get some Hollow Earth in there. <laughs> and because it's, the the hero, which is well, the the avatar Rama was an emissary from. The, the inner earth, which they called Agartha, who arrived to earth to the outer earth on an air vehicle. That's that's the basis of the, the Ramayana, which yeah. it's like, what's an, what, what do you mean air vehicle And when you're writing this thousands of years ago? Yeah, and I, I like that they, they just they just drop that and move on. Yeah. You know, the, like, air vehicle. the air vehicle. So anywho. <laughs> Ganesh. Yeah. Something. something. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's you read it. <laughs> so yeah, they had that uh, for the Vedics. Uh, the Greeks had had several uh, different, and, and 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 just the Mesopotamian area in general had had several stories about this. Thrace, for instance, had tales of of chambers that had a god inside mm-hmm. that that was that was just chilling in, in there. In Mesopotamia, there was a story of a man who traveled to a tunnel. And walked so far that he came upon an underground garden. Uh, w- one of my favorites, there's a lot of stuff in Celtic history and mythology about tunnels to, to the inner earth. And they have uh, they have one cave called, I think it's Kruishan, which they, they call it Ireland's Gate to Hell. <laughs> nice. They, uh, they have an, another cave where strange creatures would just come out of it, just pop out onto to the outer earth and, you know, muck about and then go back and there there are there are weird ancillary tales too of of uh the green people who have in ireland uh i believe it was ireland Mm. well if they're green yeah but they they, (laughs) were they they drunk (laughs) a little bit (laughs) but no these children 
who come out there have a greenish tinge to their skin. They mm. don't speak any language that anyone regionally has ever heard before. Um, they have very different behavior, strange eye color. They would only eat uh, vegetables that were raw, mm. and then they then they they go back and they disappear. There there are lots of the, these tales of these portals that into the earth where right. where there's a whole lot going on that we're unaware of. Right, and they slip in and out of at will, but it's hard for us to find them, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I think I've heard the same thing kind of with blue people actually in, in Kentucky. Now, there there is a thing about uh, the, the blue people of the Kentucky hills, but they liken that to some kind of disease within the blood where it's a a it's a genetic oxygenation disorder where their their blood doesn't bind uh, oxygen properly i just read an article about it like a month ago actually and it's it's a it's a it's a really fascinating thing and they've got yeah they got a picture of these people yeah because there was so much uh uh inbreeding in the hills not because they were into it but they're just you know you 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 only live yeah there's not only people (laughs) and so you still marry other families but those families are still connected to your own yeah but I think there there is a separate thing about some blue tinged people that were coming out of the earth, kind of mm-hmm. like you you were just saying about green people. And um, Ireland also has a cave where where they would have knights and and saints take a pilgrimage to, and I think they referred to it as taking a pilgrimage either to purgatory or something likened to that. They also have <laughs> Ireland must be full of these things, but. They also have tunnels in Northern Ireland, which lead to Tuaya de Danon, which is... Celtic for where we're keeping all the explosives where we can finally finish this thing. <laughs> Woo! Um, <laughs> but this, is, uh, this is This is the... These tunnels where, where they think people may have come out of to introduce Druidism to the Irish in the past. So it was really, really... Really neat stuff there. Uh, all in Ireland, in in particular, they they've got some some cool things. But there are these these tunnels that are in India, the Bahamas, Germany, Russia. Uh, Native Americans have tales of it. Mexico, Brazil. I mean, ev- everywhere, every culture has some some kind of tale about ancestors coming from the earth and teaching things and going back into the earth. And it's it's fascinating because you know on on one hand when you have that many cultural accounts all very distinct mm-hmm. but all sharing these very common elements you know on one hand to my mind I was like well you know there's there's got to be something that that's going on there right. I mean, this is a very common thing right. then you think about it you know every single culture at some point or another is living in caves and I don't even mean like evolutionarily I mean like you know Homo sapiens right right. You know, you move to a new area, you're living in a cave for a while. Yeah, it's, you know, it's your house is already built for you. Yeah, and people, and that's, you know, when people expand in new areas, you, you take the shelter you can while you build the shelter you want, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that, that's such a, a common thing. Um, people explore caves, I think, you know, we, we, we do, we, we get in there, you know, we, mm-hmm. we mine, we, we dig, we explore. And, and is, it, is this just an outcropping of that? Is it that these caves represent mystery, they're dark, they're foreboding, they are difficult mm-hmm. to get into? And so they are just like what you were saying for Kentucky. They're often, even now, not fully explored. Mm-hmm. They they just they they're just this this grab bag, uh, you know, that a mystery that can never be fully solved. And right. so there there will always be legends and rumors about the things that go on within them. And that's the thing. And that's I think that's how a lot of mythology came about. It's things that can't be explained. So a story is told, or you know, a, a monster is created, or something like that to explain some of these. 
some of these unknown mysteries. Yeah, if you need a if you need a boogeyman for a, a morality story that you're trying to you know teach your children about, then well, he comes out of that cave. Yeah, you know, are you going to go in the cave and check my story? I don't think you will. Right. You know, it's a it's a safe bet. It's the gateway to hell. <laughs> right. Don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> but there was there was one in particular in India. They they have uh, one of their hill tribes called Angame Naga. And the Naga are different. They, they have different tribes in that in uh, the regions over there, which I think is is really interesting because we might. I think we mentioned this earlier and might might mention it again uh, as we get into this a little more. You've played ye old World of Warcraft, things like that, right? Uh, not if there's girls listening. True, but there aren't any. Yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> but have you come across? Naga in in there, or oh yeah, Naga or yeah, you know, however you you would pronounce it, and in in things like D and D and in some of these role playing games that are in fantasy realms and stuff, Naga are in there. Do you do you remember what Naga are? Uh, let's see. In the uh, oh god, this is so outing. <laughs> yeah, but for as far as like World of Warcraft go, they were uh, elves. They were very old elves that uh, broke the rules and were transformed into these serpentine aquatic creatures mm-hmm. to live in the the, de- the deepest parts of the ocean forevermore. Right. And in a lot of the other uh, role-playing things like that, Naga are, are usually bad creatures or monsters that are serpent-like or reptilian. Hey, I see which where that's come from. is weird because, like you said before... There's there's reports that maybe reptilians live in the inner earth. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. It's it's that that just struck me as being like here's something to star. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and you know, here's you know you could you could stitch that together pretty quickly. You know, you have these uh, very advanced and complex reptilian life forms. You know, hundreds of millions of years ago, and if they aren't living on the surface of the earth, they are not subject to catastrophic. Climate change, their uh, you know, meteor strikes, volcan- volcanic eruptions. If if you're not on the surface of the Earth, you're fine. I mean, even Apparently. even to this day, if uh, I just was reading a, a Neil deGrasse Tyson essay mm-hmm. about how the the, the creatures that live uh, off thermal vents in the ocean's floor, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. our Earth could get thrown out of the solar system, deep space. And those creatures are going to be fine for a very long time because sure they do not care what happens to the rest of the Earth. Their food supply and their environment is completely dependent on the Earth's uh, geothermal energy. Yep. And, and so, I guess to that degree, if there is a large, hollow portion of the Earth and there are creatures in it, they've had hundreds of millions of years to evolve and a huge head start on mammals. Right. So, you know, why not? Why not say the, the reptilians are, are super evolved? Some of that stuff really makes you think if if you have a you know an open mind about it and and aren't just like Hollow Earth. That's I didn't have to look up the. You should go to a doctor. <laughs> it's what happens when I, when things that aren't Christian come in. <laughs> that, I, that was a theological disagreement. <laughs> Poop sound. Let's talk a little bit about the history of how this theory got started. Besides. The folklore and the mythology. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, that's the best part of that is that this is not like some ancient dusty tome. I mean, mm-hmm. like the twentieth century has everything you'd ever want to learn about the about the Hollow Earth yep. going and, on and stuff that that is clearly fake too. Oh, absolutely. There, there's there's too much stuff. 
So I, I found that it, it seemed like in the earliest theory or, or postulation of a hollow earth came in 1692 is, is the date I found. But our friend Edmund Haley mm-hmm. of Comet fame. Oh, I thought I've heard that name. Uh, postulated that, that the earth had basically hollow shells, not just one, but a few, and a, a core in it. And the, it had atmospheres in, inside, and the escaping gas from the poles are what causes the aurora borealis. And apparently he postulated this to explain anomalous uh, compass readings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because that's the only thing that... Right. Oh, man, my, my compass <laughs> is spinning. Hollow Earth! <laughs> Not even Hollow Earth. Hollow Earths. It was like uh, like, like Russian nesting dolls on well, a planetary yeah. scale. But apparently the, the holes at the poles go all the way through each one of them. So that's how you get to, to each one. I don't know. How do you jump from one to another, though? I don't know. but Because he, he also said that they, they didn't all rotate on the same axis. Right, right. They all, they all rotated separately. Which and is, I guess, is what ultimately would have accounted for his anomalous compass, compass reading. readings. I mean, it makes sense. Right. <laughs> so oh, anyways. Haley. So Haley, Haley kind of uh, put that forward. And then we, we get another dude who I had never heard of. But apparently, if I were heavy in the math world, maybe I would have. I will never be heavy in the math world. <laughs> yeah. But his name is Leonard Euler. He's a mathematician of infinitesimal calculus and graph theory. Whoa. Are you talking about big Lenny Euler? <laughs> Lenny Euler. Nardy Euler. <laughs> <laughs> the Nard Dog? <laughs> but it's been said, and this, this is not proven or backed up with any reference at all, it's been said that he proposed a hollow earth theory that got rid of these shells, just had one shell, you know, outside and inside there, and there was an interior sun in there. So that's our first I guess, our, our first taste of, of there being a, a sun inside the earth. A miniature sun. Yeah, because we haven't mentioned that yet. That the, this, right. this hollow earth is, is not, it's not it's not a big cave. It is yeah, exactly. a completely hollow earth with its own internal incandescent sun of sorts that has been called, as it, it's not as bright as, as not ours. Not as bright, not, not a, quite as warm. It's like, it's it's the Goldilocks sun. Yeah, it, it's it, called it, smoky by some. Yeah, because of the haze. It gives everything just the right amount of light and energy to make it just just like 72 and comfortable and, and all the plants flourish in this and and people, that, well, the weird thing is I've, I've seen a lot of um, literature that says there's no night because... Where's it going to go? Yeah. <laughs> Which I can't imagine. I can't imagine living like that. I get my best work done at night, so I... Let's see. I, actually, you know what? I actually have lived like that. Fun fact, and this will come up because the South Pole is, is rumored to have the, this giant portal to the center of the Earth, and I've been there. I, uh, I was in the Antarctic Research Program. I lived at the South Pole for six months or... At the South Pole for about four months. I was on Antarctica for about six. And um, I did not see any gigantic holes leading into the interior of the Earth. And I did a fair amount of running around out there. I went to some remote uh, geology camps. I Hmm. flew around an aircraft. And I didn't see any of those things happen. But the sun never sets during the austral summer, which is uh, Hmm. about October, uh, mid-October throughout mid-March. And the sun doesn't set, so it's three in the morning, and it's still bright, bright afternoon sun. The sun just kind of goes around us in a circle yeah. in the sky, and that that does that, that. You never get used to that. You always expect it to be dark yeah. when it's two in the morning. How does that mess you up? Just 
physiologically like did were you were your sleep patterns messed up? They do a lot to help obviate that. First Shoot first you thing up with Yeah. The first thing they do is uh work you a lot. You yeah, know, you work yeah. 10 hours a day, 6 days a week. You're tired at the end of the day. You want to sleep. Um but your your rooms uh for the most part are light proof. They have there's velcro all the way around every window pane and you can put there's like a solid piece of canvas you can seal around the window so absolutely no light gets in so mm-hmm. that helps a lot. Um, but, you know, there are some people that do have uh, issues with that. But for the most part, everyone just kind of gets used to it. You sleep in darkness. It's yeah. just, and for the most part, you're up. And it's, it's, it's Antarctica. I mean, it's, you know, 40, 50 below zero. You don't run around outside a lot unless you work outside. Sure. Um, so it's, it's not, it's not a, a huge issue. You're, you almost convince yourself that it's getting dark. You just never quite see it. Mm. You're just not outside when that happens. There's a little brain, I think, your, your mind compensates for that a little bit. What? What time zone are they on? Uh, New Zealand, uh, okay. because the, that's where the uh, NR, U.S. Antarctic headquarters is for people who are deploying. The headquarters is in Centennial, Colorado, but because all of our equipment and aircraft fly out of Christchurch, New Zealand, it's just easier to adopt their time zone. But sure. it's it's the nexus of all time zones. Hmm. So when we had New Year's, we celebrated every hour on the hour for 24 hours. That's funny. Is is New Zealand the closest point to Antarctica, or is that South America? Uh, yeah, Puerto Arenas, uh, Arenas, Argentina is, I think, I think physically the closest. And so you, if depending on where you're stationed on the continent, uh, some people do take a boat from South America for a uh, Palmer station on the Palmer Peninsula. It's a biological research station. But most people, I'd say about three quarters of the of the U.S. personnel fly from Christchurch, New Zealand. And they go to McMurdo, which is the big coastal station, and then from there they disperse to their individual camps. And so you were on, you were at the South Pole. Is that the the uh, magnetic south or the... The, the uh, geographic South geographic. Pole. Yeah, there's um, Admonton Scott South Pole Station is, uh, there's two poles there actually. Uh, the magnetic one, you know, it's it's about 20 degrees off, so it's, it's a Moving good... Moving every day. <laughs> yeah, it's a, the, the magnetic South Pole, yeah, is, is a good piece away from the station. That's actually closer to the, the Russian Vostok base, I believe. But the, we have the ceremonial pole, which is the big red and white barber pole with the big chrome ball on top and all the... All the penguins are yeah. selling on it, snow cones and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, they and they have all this the flags behind it for all the Antarctic Treaty signatories, but then there is and it gets moved every year and there's this long line of stakes where it used to be every year there's the um, the actual geographic South Pole gets uh, replotted and reset every year and it moves about thirty feet a year because the ice uh, at the South Pole is in constant motion. It's so weird. So you'll see this this long line of stakes that goes out and every year there's a new. Um, they put this big brass marker on top, and it gets actually uh, engraved and created at the South Pole by the machine shop every year. So every year there's a new one. And uh, it actually gets stolen once, but we got it back. I, I, Is this, did, did somebody graduate Antarctic High School? And, yeah, exactly. That's their senior prank. <laughs> you know, they, well, they, they vary. There, there are some tourists that are allowed to stay. They, they come down there, but they're not allowed to use any of the facilities aside from they maybe can't a go bathroom. To the bath- I think oh, they can okay. use the bathroom. They're not allowed to eat our food. They're not allowed to stay the night. And if they do, they have to sleep in tents outside. They're not even allowed to, like... Why is that? Uh, It's the National Science Foundation's hard stance that it is a research station and not Disney World. And so the the aircraft come in, the people get to run around for two hours, and then they have to get the hell out of Dodge. (laughs) Which is in everyone's best interest, because it's not easy to live down there and... 
they'll they'll run into health problems quickly if they're yeah. not acclimated. So and they do. People pass out all the time. What what what? I, this is. I'm sorry to to be going on this. Tangent. I mean, this is Hollow Earth uh, intensive, I'm sure, but it, it is interesting. And and like you said, you didn't you didn't see anything uh, down there. But real quick before we move on, what what causes what what would cause you to pass out? Just it is the, the air is very thin there because you have two things working against you. The South Pole Station, you sit you're sitting on about two a two mile thick uh, sheet of ice. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the the actual altitude give or take, is about 9,500 feet. Gotcha. Which is above sea level. Above yeah, sea level. Cause... So that's, that's thin in and of itself. But in addition to that, the rotation of the Earth actually pulls uh, just the, uh, the atmosphere. So it is thicker around the equator. Mm-hmm. You actually have an increased air pressure at the equator, which is why things are so tropical and you mm-hmm. get larger insects there. Um, but at the North and South Pole, the atmosphere is then thinner than it normally would be. So you get what's called a physiologic altitude. So the mm-hmm. air is as thin at the South Pole as if you were saying at about 12,500 feet. That's real interesting. And it's also extremely cold air. It's hard to really fill your lungs with it. It makes you choke a little bit. Um, and so you, you end up breathing more shallowly than you would normally. Mm-hmm. Um, and people go into oxygen debt very easily there. Yeah. And so like we have to keep... Um, the, the personnel who stay there acclimate. You have to take some drugs. There's a drug called Diamox that you have to take that helps you retain more oxygen in your blood. But the flight crews who just sometimes, if it's bad weather or something, they have to stay overnight briefly, they actually have uh, oxygen in their rooms that they'll sleep with mm-hmm. so that they don't have to constantly, their bodies aren't trying to readjust all the time. They'll get extra oxygen. <laughs> now, one of the theories of Hollow Earth is that at the North and South Poles, where there are huge holes that uh, NASA and the government are trying to cover up mm-hmm. in every photo that's ever released, you know, and and some other measures that that we'll get into later. But they say that the closer the closer you get to the hole, and actually because the holes are so big, you don't realize you're going into them. Now this may this isn't true for the South Pole because I think from the maps that we have <laughs> referenced. <laughs> From our reference materials and the cartographer's hard work. And all these cartoons that are real neat. <laughs> there is a huge amount of ice that's clogging up the, the southern part, but there's like there's a smaller hole that's still big, but is down there. The, the North Pole, apparently, there's a huge hole where the Arctic Ocean just sort of flows into it. it, it it's not really waterfall style. Because it's so big, you, you don't realize you're you're going into it until like you run across some dinosaurs and yeah, that's stuff. that's such a common thing. I, yeah, and all the accounts that we've read and, and things that we've looked up is that people never seem to be aware. It's just you know, it's it's sometimes if you if you zone out where you're driving a car mm-hmm. and you're like, what? I just I don't recognize these buildings. And then after a while, you figure out where you are. <laughs> there's this there's always this this hazy area where people are like, well, we were going and then we saw this thing and nothing didn't look right people never seem to have this 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 moment where they're at the edge of the precipice and decide to keep going forward right they simply realize they've gone through something once they've gone through it right and i guess is that that's a question of the scale of it and 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 another yeah like like you said there's not uh there's not a waterfall effect because Mm -hmm. apparently once you you curl over you actually flip over to back to the inside what would be the inside of the earth's crust mm-hmm. and so imagine if you had a, a basketball that was was inflated but it was sort of like a donut you, a does, torus a torus like the car or the t-o-r-u-s like the the, the oh. shape oh sure so so you've got this this ball 
still still looks like a basketball on the outside, but you can stick your hand through it, and on the inside, it just it's it's all hollow. So it, also, if if you take an apple maybe and take out the core just from top to bottom, so it's it's got no core, and then you sort of carve it out like a pumpkin. What about a watermelon? What about a watermelon? Would it work then? If you took a tennis ball and you made made it bigger, maybe the size of a basket. Imagine a turkey that is perfectly spherical. <laughs> I really thought about this. <laughs> All right, let me let's go back to a pumpkin. Let's, let's use a pumpkin. <laughs> we didn't even start with a pumpkin. We can't go back to it. So, okay, so you carve a pumpkin. Don't don't carve it. Just take the top off. You reach down, you get all the gunk from inside. You've got a hollow pumpkin. Yeah. You've got you've got a hole in the top, flip it over, make a hole in the bottom. There. There's your hollow earth. Yeah. If you're if you're going over the edge of the hole at the north pole of this pumpkin, you're not going to fall through and just keep falling. You're going to walk on the inside. You're going to walk because apparently there's some gravity that's in the middle of the crust. That keeps the outside people going in and the inside people going out. So, so the gravity on the inside that's in the middle of, of the crust of this pumpkin keeps everything in. What if I just have? Through. What if I just have a cantaloupe? Cantaloupes Does, don't work. Okay. All right. Good. All right. That's you shut your mouth. <laughs> Dude, cantaloupe. And if this was uh, this was fun to listen to, then that's how fun it is to research. This. Right. And and yeah, and I I love that people are are, uh, I I love the the initial belief in a hollow earth coupled with the this this need to scientifically explain the things that are happening. No, it's completely normal that the earth is hollow. Like there's a mystical gravity field and centripetal forces contributing to the the interior portion. The gravitational pull of the sun works against the gravitational pull of the actual. It's 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 exactly like Christian science. Okay. Uh, which is an oxymoron. And I'm not going to be apologetic about that. But you, you, you start with this initial belief, and then you're like, oh, but I can translate it into the way you think. Yeah. Just using these simple formulas that have a lot in the middle not filled out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, and it's an interesting thing. You know what it actually makes me think of is Halo. Yeah, exactly. Or uh, what do they call it? A Dyson Sphere. Yeah, because, because if you're on the inside, you're, you're looking at... A concave yeah. uh, environment. Everything is going. Imagine if the if you're on. Imagine if you're on the outside of the Earth. Gosh. Imagine just going outside. Just let them wait. <laughs> just let them get that. Look out of a window. Remember pumpkins. <laughs> um, so, imagine if the Earth just sort of curls up and then just sort of wraps above you. It's just a horizonless environment. Where yeah, you see the other side. Basically, you you see what's what is a you know miles and miles away almost as if it's a tidal wave coming at you but it's not cuz it's held in place by gravity magic it's held in place by it's and, held in place by love i mean and let's, we, let's be real uh, and and the, some other neat things that people discuss about this is these these large holes that at the the north south pole that they that they're venting warm air oh yes and that things get that it that's gets that's why things migrate. It gets you know, yeah, it gets warmer as you go to the north warmer. and south pole. I can tell you. I mean, now here, given the devil is due, how do I know I wasn't that I was at the actual south pole? Right. I was in an aircraft for three and a half hours, and when I got out, it looked like crazy town. 
Everything's white. It is it is physically sterile. There's not a living thing there. They could have dropped anywhere on the Antarctic continent and could have been on the moon and mystically proclaimed it South Pole. You know, you know, as far as I can accept that. Mm-hmm. But it is balls cold. <laughs> I mean, I, I I would work. I would be outside and you know, fifty or sixty below, and you throw the wind in there. I mean, it it is ridiculously cold. At no point does it get warmer as you head interior. That how how is far n- would you say you were from the magnetic south, my, mileage wise? Boy, I I think it was a a, a couple of hundred miles. Because 20 degrees well, is a pretty good... I mean, imagine the size of the Antarctic continent. Imagine is, a pumpkin. Imagine a pumpkin the size of the United States. <laughs> and that is the Antarctic continent. So, uh, and I live... Where I lived, imagine, would be analogous to being in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, McMurdo Station is in New York City. And Palmer Station is in Miami. And which one is, and which one is the magnetic? The magnetic pole... What city? <laughs> yeah. It's actually... Chicago? It would, it would be closer to say Denver in that regard. Oh wow! So further, kind of further in. Yeah, it's. I, I believe, and I'd, I'd have to look that up again, but I believe so it's same. closer to the Russian station of Vostok than it is to the U.S. station of, of that. And where's Vostok? Is that is that Alaska or Russia proper? That the the, the Vostok is is a Russian research station on the Antarctic continent on and which, top of Lake Vostok. Which American pumpkin city would it be? Yeah, if it if it were a gourd, <laughs> how would that work? And and the other thing, and it was cold and. And we would, one, you know, we would, while we were outside, it was very cold. And, and I asked my boss, who was a reptile, oh, you, you no, did no! You did it. Now I have to die. <laughs> I would say, <laughs> I imagine they're all sleaze stacks. <laughs> no one knows what a sleaze stack is. Oh, man, please is. post these four episodes that we got through <laughs> before <Yeah>. I died. <laughs> <laughs> my dying wish. Every time you came over to my house, you would put an envelope in the mail. <laughs> Uh, so that Earth, it's hollow. It's so well. Hollow. I the the reason I was asking that is that two hundred miles. I I think you you may well if this thing is as contained as as they they seem to think it is, you may get some some temperature uh, differentiation. Probably not a lot. Well, let's see how many how far is it from like Mobile, Alabama to two hundred miles north of that? Where would that get you? Would you get out of Alabama by then? Yeah, it depends on where you started. From I don't know where Mobile is. Mobile's on the Gulf. I'm just thinking, like I, I would say something like you know Tennessee to to Mobile. There's there's a slight temperature change. Nothing from from you know 20 below to 72 and and dinosaurs. But oh, so the magnetic South Pole is actually right on the edge of the Antarctic continent. What? Yeah, so nowhere near. So I'm sorry, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and oh, hundreds of wait. miles. Is that oh, it, because of the the tilt of the axis? Is that why? Yes. Yeah. yeah, the magnetic South Pole is is its own animal that doesn't. So we have three South so Poles. Where the f- is this hole supposed to be? That's my point. <laughs> so you've got three South Poles. You have a, a ceremonial South Pole, a uh, a geologic South Pole, and, and the magnetic. magnetic South Pole. Geographic South Pole. I'm sorry, geographic South Pole. <laughs> And then you have a pumpkin south pole. Yeah, and then uh, so so that means then that the magnetic north pole is in what the north of Asia, probably. I mean, we're we're looking at a map right now, and this thing is is creeping up on Australia, which I I didn't imagine it was that far up on up on the the Antarctic. Ugh, it's it's just irritating. There it is.
Yeah. So it, it is. It it's, is. Oh, it's, it's north like, of Canada almost. Yeah. It's it's. I would say uh, like due north of of Salt Lake City. Way due north though. Yeah. yeah not like not like a hundred. Not like the suburbs. But yeah, that and that yeah that twenty degree variation. That's a big deal. That that messes with with how things are are dealt with. Well, man, this is all so friggin' frustrating and weird. Well, on that note, we we are going to. In in the part one, part one of, of of this monstrosity, the Hollow Earth Chronicles, <laughs> and uh, and we hope to just we hope we haven't driven you away for uh, for part two. Well, we haven't even we haven't even gotten to the big reveal yet. <laughs> right, Thunder. showmanship, <laughs> thunder sound. Yeah. No, no. There's <laughs> just. I loved it. Every time I hear it, it's it sounds great because it's consistent, and that's my favorite part about it. Great. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, for 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 this part for, of the Hollow Earth and this episode, I am David Flora, and I am David Stecco, and we'll see you back here for part two, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs>